Today on Sagittarian Matters, romantic advice, chickpea tofu, lentil rice, food reviews with friend to the show Morgan, and more. Stay tuned. Sagittarian Matters, Sagittarian Matters, what's the from Los Angeles, California. Today on the show, I have some bad news. I have some good news. I have some food news. And I want to tell you about my favorite movie. Let's begin. Uh, Prologue, producer Ponyo is pouting under the bed with her headphones on, doing the levels. I took away her squeaky Santa Claus toy and she is not so happy about it. In other related audio engineer podcast news, several people have noticed that there is a German shepherd in my feed uh, he is a friend to the show. His name is Quartzy. He is interning with Ponyo. Uh, I'm part of a dog park to the office workplace program, and we are giving other dogs a step up and into the industry. So he's learning podcast audio engineering, and if you see him, maybe say hi. Okay, the bad news. Here's the bad news. I got fired this week. Everybody got fired this week from Into. Um, Into, also known as Into More, was the queer... LGBTQI arts and culture and news website that I had Queer Abby on at. That's where Queer Abby lived. And all the editorial staff, all the social media staff, and all the contributors got fired in one quick email this Wednesday. Tuesday? Wednesday? I don't know. I lost track of the days. Um, Everybody got fired, including me. So Queer Abby currently does not have a home. I want to know from you, where would you like to see Queer Abby? Of course, I will fold it into the podcast. Of course, I will answer questions on Instagram. But is there anywhere else you would like to read queer, scolding, and comforting advice about manners, romance, pets, roommates, boundaries, 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 and more? Let me know. Okay, now the good news. The good news is... I interviewed Allison Bechdel over the summer in Provincetown, Massachusetts, and our fully illustrated interview is now up and out at thenib.com. If you go there, it's in the Nib's new family issue, which is a print issue of the magazine. It's full of awesome stuff by people like Jillian Tamaki and Gemma Corral and Emily Flake. Um, I think you're really going to like it. Go to thenib.com to get our issue. And I feel like if you subscribe to The Nib, you can read the comic online. We talked about memoir. We talked about being writers, about how our families were affected by us writing memoir, how we were affected, why we do what we do, and more. So that's my good news. I have more good news coming down the pike, but that is for another day. Okay. I do want to give you some food news. Big news, listeners. I was at 365, the poor man's Whole Foods this week, and I saw from our friends Bonza, makers of garbanzo bean pasta, rice made of lentils. Lentil rice. I got it. I had to get it. I made it. Oh, does it taste like rice? Not so sure. Does it taste like orzo? I think so. What I think orzo tastes like, what I remember orzo, have I ever made orzo at home? Of course not. Um, It's a little bit slimy. It's a little bit diamond-shaped. Perhaps you could make it better than I, but it was not dry and fluffy. So it was not delivering that rice realness, but um, it was something. It was small. It was clumpy. I put it in a bowl with some lentil stew, which felt, is trafe the word for when something is not kosher? That's how it felt to have lentils 
boiled in lentils, right? That's how I feel like when I make, um, you know, some kind of soup with Brussels sprouts and then I blend it and I have it as a gravy over other Brussels sprouts. I feel like a monster. I feel like, you know, it's like the kosher thing of a, you know, you don't boil something in its own milk. I, that's what I'm doing with vegetables and maybe I'm going to hell. I don't know. I'll see you there. But lentil rice, it wasn't terrible. Somebody on Twitter said, I can't believe that you're calling something made of lentils rice. But to that friend, I have to say much respect, but if you're not calling inappropriate things rice, then I think you must have slept through the past two years because I have had cauliflower rice. I've seen riced broccoli. There must be a riced turnip somewhere. I'm having zoodles. I'm having squash noodles. Things are getting crazy in the Whole Foods parking lot, and I'm just along for the ride. As somebody who doesn't want to eat a bunch of rice, but I do love lentils, I'm along for the ride, and I recommend you try it. It's like $3.99 for this bag. Why not host your own weird food dinner party? Tell me all about it. Show me the faces your friends made when they ate rice made of lentils. Okay, other news for you. Let me see. Let me see. I haven't been horribly annoyed by anything this week. I do want to give a shout out to the supervisor at the Alaska Airlines counter in Seattle who had her empathy bone removed in order to do her job better. She looked directly into my crying face after I had been bumped from my flight uh, that was scheduled to go to the Redmond Airport for a reading. And she was like, sorry, bitch, we're not giving you a hotel. Enjoy the sleeping on the floor in Seattle. So my hat is off to you for your no nonsense customer quote-unquote service perspective. Okay. What do I want to tell you? I want to tell you about my favorite movie. It's called Babe, Pig in the City. You may have seen Babe. You may be familiar. But have you seen Pig in the City? It is dark. It is funny. It is sad. It is very sad. Today I turned it on midway through, started crying within five minutes. But don't let that deter you. If you like animals, if you like an animal-driven cast... Uh, If you like adventures, if you like Babe, if you like feeling a feeling, I recommend Babe, Pig in the City. Check it out. Okay. Um, I want to say if you're interested in that Alison Bechdel interview I did, and if you want to support Ponyo and myself, please go to patreon.com slash Nicole J. Georges. That's my Patreon page. It's a place where you can subscribe for as little as $2 a month and get access to otherwise private, unpublished diary comics, including some behind-the-scenes material and process posts about my Allison interview. So it has photos of us together. It has all of my initial sketches. It has my process, and um, you might be interested in that. (sighs) If you like the show, Sagittarian Matters, as always, donate to producer Chris Sutton, hornetleg at gmail.com via PayPal, because we all do this out of the goodness of our hearts, just because it's fun. And um, Chris helps elevate my voice, and so I want to help elevate him, and he's a wonderful podcast producer to work with. Lastly, I want your advice questions. I want them all the time. Who cares if I have an advice column? The phone number to call your question in to Sagittarian Matters is 971-361-9998. You can also always DM me on Instagram, or you can email us, SagittarianMatters at gmail.com. Okay, I hope you enjoy the show. And I hope you eat some inappropriate rice. Morgan is a frequent contributor to Sagittarian Matters, a former vegan baker, and a very good friend to the show. She joined us on the phone last August to discuss some strange vegan banh mi in this never-before-heard clip. Enjoy. 
Morgan, welcome back to Sagittarian Matters. Hey, Nicole. Okay. I want to tell you about a pre-packaged food I got from Whole Foods in <gasps> West Hollywood in Los Angeles. I was, I was surprised this was only $7.99 for a pre-packaged uh, bon mi bowl that was vegan and gluten-free. And I was just, I was surprised because I feel like that would be a $12 price point if we're talking West Hollywood, but it was $7.99, so I was real excited. $7.99, the new $10, here we go. And um, the new five. The new five, but it was kind of gross. Okay, the thing about it that I was excited to try was garbanzo tofu. Garbanzo. What? The, the ingredients in this are pickled vegetables with sesame mint sauce and garbanzo tofu. The pickled vegetables being, um, I think it was essentially, it says collards, daikon radish, pickled carrot. And I think, it seems like there was a jicama in there, but maybe that was the radish. On paper sounds delicious. Like oh. if this was a date, I would be like, Nicole, you gotta go. This Swipe right. Good. Mm-hmm. How was it? Was it a? Are you going to go on a second date? Oh no way! I left this date early. Oh my god! Like blind date? Yeah. The, like here, the camera followed you. Yeah, I the camera followed me walking away. They got me like right next to a shrub with like messy <laughs> mascara, being like, just the the mint sauce tasted cheap. There was no depth of flavor. It was too vinegary. It didn't taste as good. There was. It should have had jalapeno slices in it. It should have had a separate thing of sriracha in it. And the tofu, yeah. to, don't get me started on the garbanzo tofu. I will not be asking garbanzo tofu for a second date. I will not be asking. Okay. I will not go do make your own ceramics again with this tofu. <laughs> All right, think about regular tofu made with a soybean. Think of vision. It's, it's moist. Its moistness is generous. Compared, <laughs> compared to garbanzo tofu, a soy tofu is generous in its moistness, in its moisture. I understand it's a dry tofu it's a tofu it's almost chalky it's almost chalky it's kind of like what i imagine okay i've never had tamago but that like that egg that is cut into a little rectangular strip that's on top of sushi that seems like it's possible you could have one that's like 10 years old dry like very very old that's what this garbanzo tofu tasted like like the visual of dry ass, like week old tamagi that's been on the sushi train for two years. That's what this garbanzo tofu tasted like. You are hitting all of my disgusting, like checking every disgusting box off for me. If you don't know, I hate eggs almost more than anything on earth. So like <laughs> old dry eggs. Strangely, I've eaten this egg dish which was like a thousand years ago. Um, but like, I actually physically am containing the gag. <laughs> Uh, well imagine imagine how dry a garbanzo bean can get oh yeah oh you know wait side note you know the trend of like a roasted garbanzo they always get dry anybody got any tips about how to they look great in a picture and they taste horrible in life yeah am i doing wrong imagine the thing where you eat a dry garbanzo and you go kind of like your tongue sticking out you're trying you're like oh my god it's so dry and you're doing like that thing, like with a dog to get the pill down their throat to just get it down. Where you're like, ugh, 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 ugh. massaging the neck is what Morgan's doing to her own throat right now. <laughs> but it's like that, but in tofu form. So like a slab of that unique quality of dryness. I was disappointed. I mean, I was excited too, to try a new kind of tofu. Yeah. It sounds like a choking hazard. It wasn't. Lim- I mean, the whole thing, the whole dish had 12 grams of protein, which is nothing to sneeze at. 
But also, <laughs> somehow, 29 grams of sugar. Excuse me, how many? As many as a Coca-Cola? <gasps> One but delightful soda. 760% of your daily vitamin A? What is going on in this bowl? What? <laughs> how do you even squeeze that all in there? I don't know who they paid off in the vitamin A department, but... <laughs> <laughs> 760% vitamin A, but no zero, negative zero amount of moisture for the day in the garbanzo. <laughs> so I would not recommend the brand is Eat Good, G-U-D. Eat oh, Good. I, I hate a whimsical spelling. I hate it. It's just a... Well, don't come to LA. <laughs> or we can go to Squirrel and Muzha. <laughs> no vowels. Can I buy a vowel? <laughs> yeah. Very, $7.99. Have you had anything delicious lately, either from your home or anything pre-made? Grab and go. Um, no, nothing particularly outstanding. I mean, tahini dressing. I'm coming around to the tahini train, as you know. Been a fan. Um, no, just hitting the salads real hard. You know, I love a salad. Put it all in there. I mean, I want to say you're my friend who... Speaking of garbanzo beans and tempeh, both known for their possibilities of dryness. <laughs> You're someone I know who has really changed the tempeh game for me by glugging so much oil and soy sauce in there and making the most tasty treat. It really, it really sings, if you know what I mean, when you uh, treat it generously. With like liquids, oils, and sauces. But it is so good. It's so delicious. I actually, I'm, I'm putting a call out to the people of the world. I think there's like a lot of room for improvement in the tempeh department. And I just hope someone makes an actual good tempeh. Remember you had that one tempeh that was like a goopy cake mm -hmm. and uh, some other bean. But like, why can't it just be like a delightful, light thing that's made with not soy and all the other stuff? Like... Like, you know, try an edamame. Let's go black bean. Let's go bonzo. There's so many beans in the world. I've had a white bean tempeh, and I've had a black bean tempeh. I've never had an edamame tempeh. I guess that's a soy, but, you know, like, mix it up. So, anyway, I'm putting the call out. If anybody um, makes an alternative tempeh or would like to, like, share a recommendation for an alternative tempeh, I would be so stoked. If you're oh, my God. I did hear of this thing, which I think you told me about. It's this um, bean of the month club for these heirloom beans. Uh, literally someone else told me about it. They were like, it was one of the best gifts I've ever gotten. And I was like, this sounds great. Maybe an heirloom bean tempeh. Rancho Gordo. Yes, it's the one. Well, so we would just basically need to figure out how to make tempeh at home using a culture. Mm -hmm. Now, you did make your own coconut yogurt before getting a culture from the... I don't know why when I say that word, it sounds very hostile. From the um, homebrew store. I never had success. I thought it was delicious. Did you think? Thank you. You're welcome. I don't know. Yeah. I would like to pick up the tempeh torch again. Yeah. It's just so scrumptious. I mean, I have to say at home, I don't often do the Morgan style of tempeh. Uh, but when I do, I'm very happy, which is just to glug soy sauce on there and then a bunch of olive oil and then roast it and maybe then toss it in salt if you want to at the very end. What? No uh, way. No, just the soy sauce. Never mind. Um, but uh, what I like to do is I will steam it a little bit and you can yeah. steam it with whatever things you want. And then after you steam it in your pan, 
take it out, wipe out the pan, then put your oil down, and then fry it. So the tempeh is kind of open and receptive to new flavors. Receptive. I like that. I like the sound of that. Um, You know, I, there is a thing I want to try that's unrelated, but maybe when you come visit, there's a vegan bakery in town and, um, they make all these kinds of things. It's called shoe fly bakery. And one of the things is like an excessively tall cake with sprinkles on it. Funfetti. Yeah. When you come to town and some new vegan cheeses. So maybe we can, um, do a tour of cake. I've been liking cake a lot. Oh, okay. I love that. I have to say for vegan donuts, um, donut friend in, is it Echo Park? No. Eagle Eagle Rock Highland Park in Los Angeles is my favorite vegan donut. It is the most <gasps> classic and normal tasting. And there's a lot of other places that have tried to take up the vegan raised donut, but they haven't cracked the code for how to get it not to be so greasy. Yeah. Like so greasy and heavy. Yeah. Ooh, I want to I want to eat these donuts. Yeah. Well, we have a lot of food adventures in front of us, my friend. Oh my gosh, I can't wait. I can't wait to cook in a tiny travel trailer with you with just a toaster oven and some plastic wrap. <laughs> Morgan, thank you for being on the podcast. Nicole, I love you. I love you too. Happy <laughs> eating. Hey, thank you. I hope you get enough protein. And you as well. Thank you. What do you do if you are an artist and you don't like your date's art? Signed, Just Wondering. Dear Wondering, it is imperative that you research someone's art before you date them, if only to spare yourself from years and years of acting. Are they a musician? You're going to be at those shows, dozens at the very least. Are they a visual artist? Imagine smiling and nodding into infinity. I don't think it's a matter of talent when you're investigating a potential loved one's art. I think it's a matter of taste and you need to be able to stomach their taste level, no matter where their talent is at. And you need to enjoy the ideas and the aesthetic that they're putting forward into the world. If you're already in a relationship asking me this question, my advice is to be supportive of your lover, never crush their art or aspirations and learn to differentiate and remind yourself they're a separate person Remind yourself where you end and they begin. Um, They are not a representative of you. They are just somebody who you are romantically inclined towards. Um, I guess that you could try to influence them by leaving around books, art, and music by people who you like or who bridge your two tastes. But for you to try and change their aesthetic, that is too much, too much. You need to have a little acceptance that that's where they're at. But if you haven't started dating somebody yet and you don't like their art, I say... um, walk slowly away from them because you're just going to have to nod and smile for much more than I think is fair in anyone's lifetime. Dear Queer Abby, okay, so I really like my brother's best friend, but he is 20 and I am 26. My brother doesn't seem to mind the dating stuff, but I am far from ready to be in a relationship. But I like him a lot and I kind of always knew him since we were from the same village and I'm seeing him from another angle now, and he's so perfect, but that's my pattern. I throw myself into a relationship like head and soul and forget myself in the process. But 
Queer Abby, I really want to be my own number one thought this year, but I don't want to stop dating him or make him suffer. What do I do? From Suffering in Schenectady. Dear Suffering, there are a lot of butts in there, huh? Okay. Um, I don't know if the age thing is an issue. I can't really speak to that. I don't know what the power dynamic is. I don't know what your relationship is. So I'm going to leave that. I'm going to leave that where it is. I'm going to leave it on the shelf. But I do want to talk to you about boundaries because boundaries are something I really, really appreciate. And what it sounds like you want to do in 2019 um, through this year, even just as a trial, is you want to be your own number one thought. That makes me think that you don't want to be completely enmeshed with another person. You don't want to be caretaking another person and you want to have some boundaries. Um, You can have boundaries without being a mean person, without making another person suffer. As a matter of fact, I think the more boundaries you have, the more nourished and filled up you will feel and the more comfortable you will feel with everything that's going on. You'll be able to show up a more fuller version of yourself with more to give for fun and for free than you would have if you, quote unquote, gave them everything um, and drained yourself or tapped your resources out. Do you know what I mean? Um, I know that you're nodding right now. A few things. Number one, you know, think of the classic airplane line, put your own oxygen mask on first before you assist others. I was just on a plane thinking about how, to me, that's now like the oldest therapeutic saying on the history of the planet Earth. But when I first heard it on a plane, I was a little co and I had no boundaries. And I was like, what do you mean put my own mask on first? That's so selfish. But actually, you can't be helpful to the children sitting next to you if you're dead, right? You can't be a good girlfriend to your 20-year-old boyfriend you've known for your whole life if you are resentful or if you're giving him things that maybe you don't even have to give. If you're giving him energy that you haven't given yourself, I feel like that's a key to growing a little bit of resentment or starting to score keep. And I don't want you to do any of that. Like I said, I want you to show up for fun. I want you to show up for free without an expectation of him doing something quid pro quo. And I want you to take care of yourself so that you're a good time and so that you're not just hanging out with him because you're bored. You're hanging out with him because you each have something the other wants. Um, I heard somebody say before, 20 minutes of boundary work will save me weeks of feeling muddled. If you sit down now, maybe with a candle, maybe with some wine because you're 26 years old, you have your pen and your paper and you write down what you want your week to look like. What do you need out of a week? What do you need out of a day? What do you need after work? What do you need for yourself? What friends do you need to see? Write down all that stuff and then see in your ideal world, your ideal schedule without feeling guilty, without talking to anybody else. Where, when would you ideally like to see your boyfriend or a relationship? doesn't have to be a full-fledged relationship. You could just be dating. When would you like to go on dates? What kind of dates would you like to go on? How many times a week would you like to sleep over? How often would you like to talk to a person? Just write all of that down so you're clear about it. So then when you go to your new cool boyfriend and you say, hey, I just signed up for a knitting class. I don't know. I don't know what you do. You, you're from a village. I don't, does that mean you're European? Where are you from? I really want to, now I want to call you on the phone so I can find out everything, but I don't want to break your anonymity. Anyway, um, you know, then you can talk to your boyfriend and say, Hey, you know, 
here, you want to go on three dates this week? You want to, you know, or I don't know. You can just keep a boundary and make it fun. It doesn't have to be like, I can't see you three days of the week. You can say, oh my gosh, I just joined a knitting club and now I'm in a book club. And then on this day is the day that I take a bath and braid my hair. And I can't wait to see you on Thursday, which, you know, to you is secretly the allotted date spot in the schedule. And he can either get on board or not. If he's somebody who doesn't want you to have other interests, other friends, um, a fulfilled life, a meditative practice, if that's what you choose, then maybe he's not the guy for you, even if you knew him for so long. Because one more thing, my friend, you can know someone for a long time and not know what it's like to date them, not know what it's like to be physically intimate with them, emotionally intimate with them. You can catch glimpses by being their friend. But you never know what goes on between two people behind closed doors. And some people are better behind closed doors. Some people are a lot worse. Some people just aren't compatible with you. And that's not a diss to them. It just means that it's not a match for you. In this beginning part of the dating process, you're just gathering information. And I don't want you to jump into a relationship with this guy until you have a ton of information. Um, you know, to quote Jessica Lanyadu from the podcast, you don't know someone until while you were dating, you've been sick until they've been sick until you get in a fight as lovers where you've been wrong until you get in a fight and they are wrong. You don't know someone until you've been through Christmas with them until you've been through their birthdays, holidays, until you've traveled together. These are all milestones that you're going to go across in your dating time and they're all information and you get to pull the eject button at any point in time even if you've known him since he was a little kid, which truly sounds a little weird, except for that you were also kind of young. So anyway, take it slow, make some boundaries. You're worth it. This is your time on earth. Spend it however you want. And you don't have to kick this guy to the curb and you also don't need to make him suffer. But I don't want you to suffer in order to hold on to this relationship because if it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be. But if it is, he'll stick around even though you've packed your days full of stuff that affirms your place in the world. Thank you for your question. Please send me more and have a great week. Sagittarian Matters is produced by Chris Sutton with assistance by Ponyo Georges. Our theme music is composed by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs of the band Bouquet. Thank you for listening and I'll see you next time. Ponyo, I got to take that Santa Claus away. Give me the Santa. Give me me the Santa Claus. This is unbecoming of a podcast producer, please. Hand over St. Nick.